Hi, this is Bobby Kamari, and I want to thank you for listening to season two of the Living in Light podcast, where the whole season is going to be dedicated to the fabulous topic of sacred sexuality. I hope it blesses your socks off. We are back for part two with the gorgeous Katrina McCain from North Carolina in the US. Katrina is a wife, a mum of two, an author, she's in full-time ministry and she coaches models after her own nine-year career as a model. She was such a dream on the last episode and we did leave things at a bit of a cliffhanger last time as Katrina began to share with us what happened on her wedding night. And so if you haven't had a listen to part one with Katrina McCain, then please do go back and have a little listen. It was super powerful and I'm so excited about you guys hearing part two. So let's kick off from where we left off. So in the context of marriage, intimacy isn't something that we should be like hiding or tiptoeing around about because that's the right way to do it. Yeah. Um, So just owning that freedom that, you know what? I have committed to this man in front of God and that we have kept ourselves. We have done it God's way. Yeah. And now we can openly celebrate that without yeah. fear of condemnation yeah. from the Lord. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so that's, that was our reception. And then we get to the, we get to the hotel and, um, um, there's a group of little boys uh, like in the lobby area and they see Jarrett and I guess because we're both in like, you know, full out attire, like he's in a whole suit and I'm in a gown and I they thought we were famous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they kept asking us like, like, like if we were going to a party or coming from a party or something like that. And, you know, it was one of those things where it was just like, no. And then they kept coming out of the room so maybe it was three and then it turned into five and then it turned into like not kidding like a whole g- herd of little boys and they started running behind us and so we ended up running away from them and so it was this whole like chase thing like a movie and so we're holding hands la- cracking up laughing running down the hallway trying to get away from like these little paparazzi <laughs> and we get into our room we close the door behind us and we literally fall over each other, just cracking up laughing. It was so funny. And it was, you know, there's not a care in the world. It was just, just a very sweet moment. And then Jared goes, well, I think I'm going to take a shower now. And that's when it hit me. Oh, wow. (laughs) Come on. It's getting serious. (laughs) That's when it hit me. Like, Oh man. Like, (laughs) And so again, like we're behind closed doors, just the two of us, it is allowed, but that's the really, the real first time that ever has really happened. And so I just remember thinking like, oh my goodness, he's like in the other room and he's naked. Is he going to come out naked? Should I get naked? Like just a whole lot of things are going in my head. And I just remember feeling very overwhelmed because I'm like, oh. Oh, 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 this is happening. This is, uh, this is happening. And I started hyperventilating. <laughs> and it's so embarrassing, but I just, it just, I just, it was like just waves just crashing over me, like these questions, these, you know, excitement and curiosity, but some fear and anxiety, just waves crashing over me. And I remember just Jared coming up behind me, like, what's wrong? And I just told him, I said, I don't think I can do this tonight. <laughs> Yeah. I was like, I'm so sorry. I was so apologetic. I'm like, I don't know why I'm a mess. I'm so sorry. I've ruined everything. And he's like, you haven't ruined anything. It's okay. We don't, we don't have to do anything. 
and we did it and he was so sweet about it and you know we had our, our first evening as man and wife and we just you know we were together and we talked and we laughed and we slept and it wasn't that was a Saturday night and we didn't have our moment until Monday wow and I thank God for that because yeah. he it wasn't something where he was like, all right, we're, we're married. Let's go. Like, it wasn't like that. Like he was just very gentle and very patient. So much so how God is with us, right? Like he, God doesn't push us to do things and force us. Like he always extends an invitation and he waits. Yeah. And that's exactly my experience with Jarrett as newlyweds. We were married for three days before I knew what it was like to be a married woman. <laughs> Katrina, I love that. I mean, I love that so much because on so many levels, it brings so much freedom because, mm-hmm. you know, as incredible and as beautiful as marital sex has the potential to be, it's mm-hmm. the, again, it's that environment, that yarder intimacy, that knowing one another, that just that acceptance and that vulnerability that, that you have in your marital union that makes it completely okay for it to not actually be about the sex. And, mm-hmm. you know, often in the world, there is like this huge pressure. And even in the kingdom, you know, in the church, there's this huge pressure about sex, but the reality is, is that if you have established intimacy that isn't physical, then mm-hmm. the sex really doesn't matter in the sense that it's not the be all and end all of everything. But as you, you know, pursue a life of true intimacy with one another, then the sex has the potential if even on the first night it wasn't great or it didn't even happen on the first night. But because you're in this loving relationship and because you're man and wife and because you're totally devoted to one another and accepting one another unconditionally, then you've got the rest of your lives together to actually have great sex, you know? So I just think that your experience and just you sharing about that night will just break so much again expectation and just like this um often like just this misconception that it's going to be amazing from day one because actually Mm -hmm. it's not you have to work at it like you know even if it's not amazing on the first day it doesn't matter it's got so much potential to become amazing over time yes and I think the keyword is becoming yeah because you know like this this walk in in Christ it's not like a okay I say my prayer and now I'm perfect Mm. Like there are still kinks to be worked out. There are things to learn and to glean and to grow from and to grow into. And again, like if we're looking at this from a biblical standpoint, marriage is a reflection of God, of his love for us. Mm -hmm. And when we walk into union with the Lord, there's a process that goes in that, you know, it's about him showing and revealing himself, him revealing us to ourselves You know, and so it's the same with marriage. You know, it's not like a, okay, well, you know, good sex is synonymous with a good marriage. That's not true. That's not true at all. But you can learn to have good sex as you are improving and growing in your marriage. And, um, you know, as you know, we are always evolving as people, right? I am not the same person I was seven years ago. And so my sex life isn't the same that it was seven years ago. I'm a mother now. I'm, you know, I, I, I am an older in who I am and the way I see the world. So all of that plays a part in my relationship with Jared. Yeah. Also the way he's growing, it plays a part in his relationship with me. And then ultimately it affects the way we show intimacy to one another 
um, you know, and the way we take care of one another's hearts. But that, I mean, that is what's so precious about marital intimacy. You know, in the world, there's, again, there's this fear of not committing to one person, of not committing to your spouse, because there's this misconception that there'd be no variety if you just commit to one person. And, you know, in order to have an exciting sex life, you kind of have to be with different people. You can't just settle with one. But the beauty of that marital union is that, like you said, you're evolving, you're continuously evolving, you're evolving creatively, you're evolving intimately, relationally, spiritually, and that actually just heightens the union where you're the variety and the creativity that, you know, Mm -hmm. actually creates a foundation for your um, sexual intimacy, it's continuously growing and it's continuously being enhanced. So how has that been for for you guys? So from from that wedding night where obviously you guys chose to, in the most beautiful way, to just talk and laugh, which is so precious, um, how then has sexual intimacy and marital intimacy evolved for you both? And Mm -hmm. what kind of like very practical or intentional steps do you take to keep the marital intimacy evolving and growing? Okay. Yeah. So, you know, I think at first I was just being willing. Right. Mm. And um, there was something I heard where, you know, in marriage, as long as as long as it is done in a Christlike way, meaning that it's not for selfish gain, but it's really to edify each other. There's no harm in trying some anything once. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Now, of course, if it gets to the point where someone's uncomfortable, sure, you know, you do need you you have to put the other before yourself. Um, but yeah, how do you know what you like if you don't try it? Mm-hmm. So um, as long as we're both consenting and as long as it is honoring to the Lord, that's kind of how that's kind of been our um, I don't know, like our process is yeah. like, okay, well, you want to try it? (laughs) You know what I mean? And then from there, like also like giving it to the Lord. I remember when, um, you know, we, we honeymooned in Hawaii and then, you know, the first week we came home, that was a whole nother new experience. Like, okay, now we're, we're, I, I live with you. Like, this is my home now with you. This is my address now. Okay. So, um, what does sex look like now that we're home? Mm -hmm. Right. Because we don't have a beach yeah. in the background. Yeah, we don't yeah. have, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we don't have, like, room service. So what does it look like now? Yeah. Um, and so I remember, I remember Jared, like, praying. I remember that. And he just prayed and he asked the Holy Spirit to be a part of our home. And he gave our sex life to the Lord. Wow. And asked God to be a part of it, um, you know, and... And that's biblical, right? What, totally. Whatever we do in word or deed, yeah. do it unto the glory of God. So yeah. even having sex, that's a deed. That's something we're doing. Yeah. And we can do that to the glory of God. And anything that we invite God into, he blesses. And so, um, you know, so just being willing and open to serving and loving each other yeah. in a way to where no one misses out. Because if I'm doing what I'm doing for your benefit and you're doing what you're doing for my benefit, mm. no one gets hurt and yeah. no one loses. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Win, but win. just being open yeah. to that and then being truthful. Like, I didn't like that. 
I don't ever want to do that again. Like, (laughs) you know, Um, because again, there are, there are glitches and kinks and things you got to figure out along the way, but you know, it doesn't make sense to be uncomfortable and not share that with the one person in the world that you should be able to trust your whole being to. Um, There's a scripture that I love in Proverbs, Proverbs 31, and um, it's uh, verse 11. It says, her husband's heart trusts safely in her. Yeah. And I love that. And even though it's directed to a husband, it can be directed to a wife, too. I can flip that. Like, you know, um, his wife's heart trusts safely in him. Like, it can go both ways. And Mm -hmm. so when if we are, you know, loving each other in a committed marital love as unto the Lord. We have that trust between one another because we know our goal isn't to get for ourselves, but our goal is to give to each other. Oh, I love that. I love it. I love it. I love it. There are so many questions that I want to ask you. Katrina is crazy. Okay. So so for a start, um, let's go back to what you said about some of the insecurities that you grappled with after you guys got married. Um, So obviously you're now having sex and you're kind of like, you know, you're intimate um, in every single way now. So what were some of those insecurities and how did you actually resolve them um, as you moved forward? Mm -hmm. So I guess it was maybe with it was nothing in the honeymoon. I don't remember having any like, you know, pondering anxiousness in our honeymoon but when we got home I do remember feeling like like and like is this what he he was expecting Mm. you know and I remember having those conversations like you know this is all very new to me like please help me and you know like I wanted to like every single time I wanted to talk after because I just wanted to I wanted to learn as much as I could and I wanted to learn him yeah. And what he wanted. But then there was, um, I guess, a friction because he wanted the same thing, only I didn't have any answers. So he was like, you know, well, sure. what what is satisfying to you? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, what what can I do to please you? I don't I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't know. I've never done this before. Yeah. So it was one of those things where, like, he could answer my questions but I could not answer his questions and it was very frustrating. Mm. I got frustrated with myself because I felt like, you know, how can I make sure that he knows I am pleased if I don't know what to request from him. And so that's when we started reading books. Um, We read a lot of marital books. We, we went to two marital conferences before we got, we were engaged and those were very helpful. But then after we got married, we went to a few more because again, it's like, you know, we're, we're not, we're not animals out here just doing it. You know what I'm saying? Like we're people and anything you want to do well, you have to be willing to learn and explore it. So good. If you hope to be an expert in it. Yeah. And so just saying like, well, we'll just figure it out or like that's again, that's not edifying the other person. That's pride. I don't need help. I'll figure it out my own. Like, no, that's why there's the whole book of song of songs (laughs) in the Bible. Come on. utilize your resources and that's what we did so we went to we read a lot of books 
And then there are some things in the books where we're like, oh, that's good. There's some things in the books where we're just like, that's crazy. We're never doing that. You know, and not even like outrageous things, but like sure. there was a woman uh, in one book we read and, you know, she said that, um, you know, outside of her menstrual cycle, she kept a week to herself for prayer. So basically that's like two weeks where she wasn't doing anything. Sure. And Jared was just like, yeah, that's not going to work for me. <laughs> In her marriage, that was probably wonderful. Obviously, she wrote about it, so she really believed in it. But that wasn't something that we were interested in implementing in our marriage. So, again, like not reading because we're trying to do everything people tell us to do, but just reading so that we have like further information to make um, wise decisions for our marriage. And Um, do you think, Katrina, sorry to butt in, but do do you think because I love, I love this. I love this so much. Um, do you think it was because you guys communicated well and you com- communicated about sex before you were married? Because I think like one of the, um, I guess, hindrances to sometimes having a really good sex life when you're married is a lack of communication and not mm. being able to talk and not being able to share and not feel a sense of freedom where you can talk about your stuff. So was this something that you guys cultivated before you were married? So by the time you got married, you were able to talk freely about sex as you, you know, spoke about in your, on your wedding night. Do you think that's what's something that was already in place? Or is it something that you two have made an effort to enhance this communication mm-hmm. about sex? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, definitely something that we have had to make an effort to do. Because again, like the sex conversations we were having when we were dating were a lot different than the sex conversations we're having when we were married. Yeah. Um, particularly on my side, because I was completely oblivious about anything uh, or about everything. So, you know, the conversations we were having while we were dating were very, um, they just weren't very meaty because I didn't, sure. I didn't have yeah. much to, yeah. I didn't have much to, you know, provide or to give. Um, and so, yeah, like, yeah, we've had to just make it a point we to, to talk and share, especially if it's something that I'm pondering for more than a couple of hours, then that tells me I need to open my mouth and say something about it. Um, and knowing that he's going to listen, yeah. you know, knowing that he's not going to laugh at me or make fun of me, but that he's going to take what I have to say to heart. Um, you know, and then also just him, like as a man, not being prideful and just being able to just express his thoughts and his feelings without fear of me putting him down or thinking that he's weird or nasty or something like that. You know, um, I think that's very important. And that's something too, that my father was sharing with us when we were doing counseling with him when we were engaged. And he was just like, you need to understand that the Lord created men differently than women. And you don't ever want to say something that makes a man feel ashamed of his desire for you. Yeah. Because when you do that, it hinders him from ever wanting to speak again. And then there's a need that will, that he's not getting met. Yeah. And, you know, and that's the enemy's way of creating disharmony and dysfunction, which is his goal in marriage to begin with. So it's just so important that we just receive each other, we listen to each other, and have the trust that 
it's going to be reciprocated so to us. But yeah. I remember yeah. Jared asked my dad, like, so like, like, can we like have sex in different ways? <laughs> you know? And I love that he felt confident and comfortable enough to ask my father that. And as opposed to like a friend or something like that. So again, like taking our mentors very seriously, knowing that they're there to steer us to success yeah. in a Christ-centered way. That is, I mean, cool. it is still quite, and you are so blessed, and it's a unique scenario when a fiancé is able to ask the father of his fiancé whether mm-hmm. you can have sex in a variety of ways, because that mm-hmm. isn't in normal circumstances, not something you can actually ask your wife-to-be's <laughs> dad. It's just, you know, you're so blessed that, that kind of worked out for you guys because um even though it, it is ideal even though really that is a beautiful way to actually you know for a father to role model good intimacy to his daughter even just being able to advise her husband but I think it really is such a beautiful blessing that you've had to have that kind of support in place um and I just also just want to ask you like with your hubby um you said that you know, what kind of attracted you to him in the first place was his childlike kind of pursuit of God and just that he wasn't afraid to ask these questions. So obviously he was, I guess, when you both met, quite new in the Lord. Um, Yes. So did that affect you in the way that you maybe looked up to him even after you guys got married, like him being the spiritual leader of the house? Were you ever concerned about him not being mature enough to lead you? Like, how did that work out for you guys? Mm-hmm. That's a really good question. Yeah, there were times where I just thought, like, because, again, like, I'm kind of comparing him to my dad yeah. to an extent in the way my dad ran our household and how I grew up. And I grew up with seeing my dad lay hands on my mom and praying over her and praying over us. Like, that was just very commonplace in my household. And then, you know, I'm dating Jarrett, who I know loves the Lord, who I know is in pursuit of Christ, but you know, I'm I'm talking to him about like my concerns or I had a bad day and I'm upset, and you know, and his response is, "Oh, I'm I'm sorry that happened," you know, and I'm like, "What? Well, where's my prayer?" <laughs> you know, like exactly. <laughs> no, no, this is the part you're supposed to pray for me. <laughs> like, so I remember talking to again my mom about that, and I'm like, "Mom, I just I don't know, like." Like, what happens if we have, like, a situation? Like, is he going to be able to lift me up and cover me in mm. prayer? Like, and I remember she saying, like, you know, Katrina, if he's in pursuit of Christ, yeah. the Holy Spirit is going to grow in him. And she said, so your job is to pray for him. Exactly, yeah. And she said, watch his life, you know. And one thing my dad always says, you don't know a man until he's angry. Because when he's angry, you'll see his character come out. So she's like, you know, watch, so watch his life. See how he reacts to different things. The Lord will show you red flags if, in fact, there are some. And so that's what I did. And, you know, we would have arguments. And I remember, you know, Jarrett would say, I don't, ag- I don't agree with you, but I love you. Like mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. Or, you know, if I was like, okay, I just, I can't talk right now. I just, I, I have to, I have to go up to hang up the phone. And then he would text me immediately and say, I love you so much. Please call me when you're ready. Yeah. Like things like that, you know? Um, and then also like we would be in church and I would see him taking these profuse notes. Wow. Like just 
taking these notes in church. And so it's like, okay, is he a biblical scholar today? No. Does he have a desire to pursue the Lord? Yes. And that's all God needs to just explode in someone's heart. And that's what he did. And so, you know, you fast forward now, I think, you know, the time, like when we started having children, that was a lot of time that I needed to myself, like, you know, breastfeeding or just doing things one-on-one with the girls. What was Jarrett doing? He was in his Bible. So he was taking those times where we weren't able to be together because I was tending to them. And he was reading and praying and studying. He joined, like any kind of men, anything, he joins it. Um, So he has, you know, he has my dad as a resource, but then he has a whole nother community of men that are mentoring him as well. And that's just the desire of his heart. He just wants to be where Jesus is. And that. that has nothing to do with, you know, being formally educated in biblical doctrine. That's the Holy spirit, just birthing, rebirthing in him. And to where now seven years later, he has, I don't see that college boy in him anymore. I don't see that anymore. I see someone to where, you know, if I have a question or if I'm not sure what de- decision to make, he could script scripture over me. Yeah. You know, and that's nothing that I could have made him do Type or, TV. you yeah. know, that, that was the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And so again, that's what my mom said. If you both are in pursuit of Christ, exactly. the yeah. Holy Spirit will show you any red flags that you need to be aware of in that person. And if you're not seeing those red flags, continue to pray over them and watch the the Lord work. Exactly. Yeah. Cause I think like, um, you know, it's actually, it's very attractive when your spouse is on fire for the Lord, you know, like mm-hmm. it's, it's like an aphrodisiac, oh, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think like sometimes in relationships, if, if the, man doesn't necessarily seem to be on fire for the Lord like I think sometimes it can be difficult for a woman to submit you know according to the Bible because we are called to actually submit to our husbands and our husbands are called to love their wives Um, Mm -hmm. and I think it can be difficult sometimes for someone to submit if they feel that actually their husband isn't walking in spiritual authority or isn't you know um, kind yeah. of walking in the fullness of their, you know, identity and all of that stuff. But really, you have to speak life over one another. You have to speak who they really are over each other, despite what you might see in that moment. And I think a place of surrender and a place of like honor for one another is so crucial in your marriage and in your dating, even if what you think those um, spiritual roles should look like, even they, if they don't necessarily look like that in that moment. But as you speak honor and identity over one another, like God literally just makes crooked paths straight. Yes, I agree. And I think, you know, again, is he pursuing Christ? Mm. Is she pursuing Christ? Because if they're not pursuing Christ, there's no hope of a Christ-centered relationship. Mm. And in that case, then maybe there are some hard conversations and reevaluations that need to be made. Mm. But if that person is pursuing, indeed pursuing Christ, you will see it in their lifestyle. You will see it in their choices and you will see it in the way that they react and respond to you. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I have got one more question for you, Katrina. Um, Okay. 
how have you obviously with the girls because you've got two beautiful girls how mm. have you tried to maintain um, marital intimacy uh, has it meant like just kind of not not being sexually active for a while like what has that looked like for you and your hubby raising two young children and does that what has that looked like for, for your marital bed okay um so honestly <laughs> it's you know there there are some new um roads to travel and terrain through in terms of like okay what does it look like now that we're not the only people in the house and so you you just get creative you know like we both enjoy each other. And so the idea of like not having sex is just not anything either one of us are interested in. Yeah. Cool. Um, so now it's more so like, okay, not so like, do we have sex, but when? So, yeah. you know, I've heard people say, you know, you can schedule it. We're not scheduling type people when it comes to that, because, yeah. you know, sometimes you just can't schedule it. It just happens. But yeah. Um, you know, just making sure that we do have consistent date nights and sometimes date night is dropping the girls off at my parents' house and coming back home. Yeah. Sometimes that's date night, you know, it. it's not always like out and about and being seen and wearing the high heels and the makeup. Sometimes it's just, you know, a chance for us to be together, you know, and then they're asleep at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah wow yes you, you guys seem mean? very committed to it which is which is really amazing the fact that you two enjoy it is really mm -hmm. incredible because that definitely helps like you both certainly value it and see it as pleasurable which is so yeah. crucial because I think for many couples it may not necessarily be pleasurable for both and mm -hmm. so you may not necessarily have such a an intentional pursuit of it from both spouses. So the yeah. fact now, that I'll, I'll be honest too, like, and again, I don't want to paint this pretty perfect mm. picture. There are times, especially after I had um, our first child, because I had a really difficult time in labor mm. and um, it became life threatening for me. And so my recovery was a pretty extensive recovery. Um, and there are times, you know, especially that first year I'd, I was tired or I was sore, you know, like I was uncomfortable and I didn't want to. So then again, I have the freedom to tell him I don't want to, and I'm yeah. not going to make up that I have a headache. I'm not sure. going to lie to you. Yeah. I don't want to, yeah. <laughs> you know, I love you. Let's do something else, you know? So it's not like this, like we're like rabbits the, every day of our lives, yeah. you know, just, you know, always being turned on all the time. No, there are some nights where I'm like, I really love you, but I don't want to tonight, you know? Um, and that's okay. That's okay. That, that again, like sex is not proof of my love for my yeah, husband. Totally. Sex is a reflection of uh, my love. And it's a gift from God that I, that we can use in a healthy way as we see fit. Yeah. Uh, and so not like putting a burden on ourselves to say like, okay, well, we have to have yeah, sex because we're married or feeling guilty because I'm married and I don't want to have sex. Mm. I mean, it's okay. Again, and I, I'm sorry, I keep talking about my mother, but I remember um, after having Kaylin and, you know, the doctor had given us the okay and, you know, we did and it was, it was fine, but I just, 
it just wasn't interested, you know, and I remember talking to my mom about it and she said, you know, think about people who are married for 40 and 50 years. And I said, okay. And she says, is that what you, and I said, yeah, mom, I want to be married for 50, 65 years, you know? Mm. And she was just like, do you think they wake up every morning with butterflies? Yeah. In a 50 year, you know, marital lifetime. Do you think they wake up every morning with butterflies? And I I don't know why, but that was so profound to me. (laughs) And I thought, oh no. And she said, that has nothing to do with loving someone Mm. well. It's okay if you're not interested, you know, but again, we don't use it as a reward and we don't use it as a punishment, Mm. but we do need to be truthful and know that, okay, is this a need that he has? Yes. I'm the only one that can meet it. Mm. Therefore, I want to meet it. But if tonight's not the right night to meet that, there's always tomorrow. Yeah. And is that like, um, what does it look like for you say for example either one of you doesn't want to have sex in that moment um mm-hmm. do you guys do you guys just say that you just don't want to have sex in that moment or is it a case of hey but we can do it tomorrow so is it just a straight up no or is there still space um mm. to be able yeah like, okay, we'll definitely yeah, it will happen tomorrow for sure yeah, there's always there's always a space for that. You know, yeah. um, again, it's just that choice of being willing yeah. to give and willing to receive. And so a no doesn't mean never. Sure, exactly. A no yeah. just means not now. Yeah. And again, like because our love isn't self-fulfilling mm-hmm. at the root, then we can give that grace to say, okay, this isn't about me. It's yeah. about you. Because again, there are times where I'm thinking I don't want to, but because but in that moment, maybe I feel in my heart, okay, I might not want to yeah. for me, but I want to for him. Yes. Yeah, and it becomes so wonderful. It's almost like I why didn't I want to in the first yeah. place? Should did this an hour ago? You know what I mean? Like I mean, and don't, yeah. you have those moments, and so just having that grace and that allowance to know that, like, you know, I'm here to pour into you and you are here to pour into yeah. me. And as long as we keep that, um, that mindset and that attitude, nobody wins, nobody loses yeah. and nobody gets hurt, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's the unity that Christ talks about, you know, so just great. being open to his truth and his love and, and his holiness. Because again, marriage isn't about happiness. Mm. It's not about our personal mm-hmm. happiness. A lot of people make that that mistake. Oh, I want to get married because he makes me happy. Yeah, That's selfish. Because really what you're saying is, I want to marry you so that you can always yeah. make me feel yeah. good about myself. Mm-hmm. That That's, not, that's yeah. not God's way of love. That's not the point of marriage. The mm-hmm. point of marriage is to show the world God's holiness mm-hmm. um, and his eternal and everlasting love mm-hmm. through the way that we love one another. Yeah, and so a no is not an uh, a never. A no is a just not now. Yeah. And then you know, again, because we do have girls, you know, it's be spontaneous. Like sometimes I'll, you know, if I have to wake up in the middle of the night to do something or whatever, like you know, I don't know, just like go in the bathroom or whatever. All right, well, why not wake them up? <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. um, you know, you can explore that and and just be open to that and and, and, and enjoy they- one another. Fully and completely. Katrina, has there ever been a time where, or have there been times where you wanna and he doesn't wanna? 
Mm. Or is that quite a rarity? That's very rare. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, you know, trying to bring in the equal ops, like, you know, just <laughs> equality out here. But yeah. No, he, he's pretty much ready all the time. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, in some marriages, um, some marriages it's the wife who has the higher sex drive, isn't it? Oh, it just, okay. Yeah, yeah there's been times where, like, I would like to, but I can tell he's, like, got a lot on his plate with work, yeah. or he has seasonal allergies really bad. And there are some times where I'm just like, yeah, I don't, I think he would, but I think it would just completely wipe him out. Like, yeah. he's just sneezing and he can't breathe and all yeah. So it's like, again, it's like, okay, having that grace to, like, yeah, instead, instead of putting them in the position to say no. Just kind of evaluate where they are yeah. and then just know that, like, I, you know what? I'm just going to give them some time mm. until I'm confident that they're ready. Yeah. Like, just foreseeing that, mm. I think, is very gracious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's good. And so, yeah. Awesome. Okay, mm -hmm. Katrina. I think before we kind of bring things to a close, um, mm -hmm. I want you to quickly tell everyone about your book. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, so I wrote a book, it's called Beyond Being Good, uh, Seeking Christ's Perfection for Our Imperfect Hearts. And in the book, I talk a lot about my journey of, you know, thinking I was a Christian and then truly being introduced to, um, the love of Christ and how that changes everything. And the whole point is that so many of us make this mistake, like, oh, we've got to fix things before we come to the Lord or, you know, I have too many mistakes. And, you know, it's not about our perfection. Like our salvation is not about us perfecting ourselves. It's about Christ and the Lord and the Holy Spirit putting their perfection in our hearts mm -hmm. and then changing us into those new creations mm -hmm. that the Bible talks about. And mm -hmm. so it's just an encouragement that no matter your struggles and the temptations that you war with, no matter your past mistakes, um, no matter where you are, where you see your flaws highlighted, the Lord's love is perfect and it can cover all of that. And so we just need to rest in him and trust him as he performs that his perfect work in our lives. And so I do talk about purity um, and um, why it's important and how it affects our um, confidence as we're living a Christian life. And then I also just talk about um, what it looks like to be committed to the Lord and live a life of without compromise yeah. and I share a lot of scriptures and a lot of encouragement um and so that's the premise of the book love it honestly I mean I think just from having this chat with you today I just think so many people are gonna want to read your book like you've spoken so much wisdom your experiences have been such a blessing to hear about and just you know your um yeah just just your perspective uh, is just so precious. And so I'm sure loads of people are going to want to read your book. So where can they get the book? And how can someone get in touch with you? Oh, okay. Yeah, you can um, you can get the book on Amazon. It's on print and uh, an ebook, And the same on Barnes & Noble. And it's also available on christianbooks.com. 
And the way you can get in touch with me is on, I live on Instagram. That's, that's where I, where I reside. So um, it's underscore Katrina, Katrina underscore on Instagram. And um, you can also visit my website where I do monthly articles. And in fact, in the month of June, I'll be doing my marriage series because um, that's my anniversary month. So every wow. June I do married, a marriage series. And so I just kind of update everybody on where I am in my marriage and how I've grown, what I've learned. So that's coming up on my website. And that's um, just KatrinaMcCain.com. Awesome. I will obviously put all the details down in the notes. Um, just to let you guys know, I mean, Katrina's Instagram account is gorgeous. I mean, she is gorgeous and all her pictures are gorgeous and she's amazingly, you know, color coordinated in all her photos. I mean, she's so she-she, honestly. And even when we're video calling one another, just her background, you know, just the way everything matches, it's really quite delicious to look at. Um, yeah, honestly, it's so nice. So guys, have a field day as you check her out online and please do go and order the book and, you know, reach out to her. She's so precious. Um, Katrina, it's been such a joy talking to you. Like I could literally carry on with this conversation forever. It's been so interesting. Thank you. Thank thank you you. for even asking me because, you know, this is sort of an untapped story. Yeah. And this is my first time actually like sharing this story outside of my, you know, close family and friends. Um, and so it was definitely a joy and I pray it encourages somebody somewhere out there. Thank you so much. Awesome. I'm sure it will encourage many. Um, darling, do you maybe want to pray um, for, for the listeners uh, before we finish things up? Yes. Yes, I would. Um, Lord Jesus, thank you so much, Father God, um, just for your love over us that is never ending and unfailing, God, and your promises are true. And so everything in your scriptures, we can believe wholeheartedly because you are not a man that you should lie to us, God. And you give us good gifts. You are Heavenly Father and you give your children good gifts. Um, And so when we talk about sex and waiting until marriage and just the beauty that blooms because of that, God, we we can trust that because that's what you promised us. And so, Lord, I just pray that your Holy Spirit will just encourage us to do what we know is right, to honor you with our love lives, to honor you with our time and our relationships, Father God, Um, Lord Jesus. And I pray, God, that you would just edify those who maybe do have a broken past and they're feeling discouraged and unsure. God, I just pray that your Holy Spirit will minister to them and just show them how deeply and dearly loved they are by you and that you have good plans in store. You have a hope and a bright future for them as you've said in Jeremiah. And so thank you, God, for this podcast and for Bobby and her heart, God, to just build up the men and women um, of your kingdom, Father God. And I just pray blessings over her ministry and blessings over the listeners, Father God. And thank you so much for this opportunity um, where we know for certain you were in our midst. So thank you, Lord. We praise you and we glorify your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. Katrina, thank you so, so, so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me for today's show. 
All related social media handles and links can be found in the notes section. If you did enjoy today's episode, then please do feel free to share it and do subscribe to the podcast if you want to know when a new episode is heading your way. If you'd like to get in touch, you can do that via Instagram or Facebook, or you can head over to livinginlight.co.uk. I cannot wait to be with you guys again, and thank you so much for listening to the Living in Light podcast. Fearful